This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. All of this offseason, we've really spent a lot of time talking about the holes that the Steelers have, what they need to do in free agency to patch those holes up, where they need to improve. They've done it for the most part in most of the positions, too. Of course, there's still some out there that need addressing. More wide receivers, maybe a backup running back. Safety, obviously, is probably at the top of that list. Always add some offensive and defensive line depth as well. But I feel like we haven't been given the stars much attention. And I guess that makes sense because you know what you're going to get out of the stars. There's no real need to speculate in the offseason when it comes to the guys like TJ and Cam and Najee. But... It's fun to talk about them. It's fun to speculate how they're going to build off of the seasons that they had in 2021 into 2022. Defensive side of the ball, obviously loaded with a bunch of star power. But I want to start on the offensive side. Let's do it. And the one question I have is, is Najee Harris really the only star that they have on this offensive side of the ball right now? I'd say star for sure. Talented player. I think there are guys with talent. But I think guaranteed NFL star, yes. I agree with that. I think that you have guys like Firemuth who could become a star. Mm -hmm. I still think Chase Claypool has potential to become a star. More so than Deontay just because he's got more of the complete package than Deontay. But I got to be honest with you, if you gave me some truth serum right now, I'd probably wave the white flag on both of those guys. Becoming a star. They're both good NFL players. It could be Great pieces to an Absolutely. offense, they but can not be, a star. They can completely round out a wide receiver room, but I don't think you're going to get a guy that elevates the wide receiver room to heights like an Antonio Brown or like a Santonio Plax or Brad Ward did at yeah. one point. You know, you're not going to get a true number one. They're not going to get a true star there. So I think it's really only Najee that carries that banner into this season as not only do I have the potential to be a superstar, but I'm already a pretty nationally recognized name and. <laughs> Anybody who's anybody, as we get closer to the season and, you know, pundits nationally start to say, like, how this offense is going to work, how are the Steelers going to win football games, uh, I would be hard-pressed to find someone that says they're going to do it through the air. They're going to do it through Mitch. It's all going to be riding number 22. The only way that would happen is if if Mike Tomlin pulls a Kevin Savansky and ignores the guy in the backfield and says, I'm going to ride with my quarterback here even though I have this top five talent in the backfield. Mm-hmm. And I do think already Najee Harris is a top five talent at the running back position. I think CBS Sports came out with the list yesterday. Some, maybe it was sporting news. Already they listed Najee Harris as the number five best running back in the NFL. They only put uh, Derrick Henry. Henry's obviously in front of him. Jonathan, they actually put Jonathan Taylor one, Derrick Henry two. That's not right. That's, Nick Chubb that's off three, of the injury probably. Nick Chubb three, Eckler four, Najee five. I think Najee's better than Eckler. Right so now. would I. Like, but I, maybe only because he's had one rookie year and Eckler's been doing. Didn't this. he have like a thousand touchdowns last year too, Eckler? Like it yeah. was something absurd. I mean, the look at the, look the, at the game zone. against the Steelers alone. I think he had four. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so Eckler's been doing it, but give it one more year and I could say, yeah, top four, move Eckler down to the top five. That's interesting that list there because there's some heavy hitters that are left off that list that are. Behind Najee now. Uh, the ones that come to mind the most, Alvin Cook in Minnesota. Sure. I mean, that's a guy who's been a perennial top five kind of player. Injuries have obviously been a problem with him. He had a tough year last but year. But he had over 200 yards against the Steelers in the first half of their football game last year. That wasn't hard to do, though. No. We know that's not something that was 
oh my gosh, good for him. But him, Najee being listed in front of him is big. Uh, being listed in front of CMC in Carolina, Christian sure. McCaffrey. Again, I mean, that another guy, guy that's just hurt all the time, so you can't really... That guy's probably the number one running back in football as far as overall healthy. impact if he's fully healthy. Because, I mean, he's like his dad, Ed McCaffrey, when it comes to playing wide receiver. He's an incredible wide receiver out of the backfield, too. So I have the full list here. It's by FanDuel. So take that with a grain of salt if you want to. But, yeah, like you... I, Christian McCaffrey's not even on the list, but it's it's that's it got to be injury related. It was yeah. AFC starting running backs. That's why. Okay, well there you go. Well, maybe that's why Dalvin Cook didn't find his way in head. Maybe of that's not either. But I, I would argue would, that he's better than both of them. Would you, would the CMC one? I'd argue because injuries. he can't stay healthy. Yeah. Is there any other running back in the NFC? So that was just AFC. So that's tough. Mm. But is there any running back that you would swap out for? Maybe only Eckler is the only guy I could I could think to swap out of that top five in the. A- yeah, not I mean, Aaron I'm trying Jones. To rack through my brain, Zeke's kind of old. Cook. Yeah, um, the Cardinals don't really have anybody special at James running back Connor now. Had a good he's year. average, yeah, but had a they year. they had a they were more so riding with that one two punch with him and Edmonds. Now that's gone because Edmonds found himself in Miami. This running back when healthy, or at least coming off of last season, are all in the AFC. Because you can't throw in Cook when you, you listed, can't throw in CMC when you listed that. List before we found out it was AFC. I didn't have any problems with it. It, You know, Cook and CMC were the only ones that came to mind, but I could have easily wrapped my head around why you leave them out. I think the top three are for sure in the AFC with Taylor, uh, Henry, and and Chubb, Chubb. whatever order you want to put them, as long as Henry's number one in my mind. Kamara is the only one. That's another guy I was just going to bring up. But, but again, kind of over the hill, getting hurt. I don't know if he's over the hill, but last year he's going to be soon. Last He's year old. was his first real test with injuries. And first real test without a Hall of Fame quarterback dictating his offense for him. And didn't do as well because of it, I think. All of the guys that are in front of him, Taylor, Henry, Chubb, I don't see them as legit comps for Najee Harris. The one guy that I see him more like is Austin Eckler. The or guy, Camara. That's what I was going to say. The guys I see him the most like, though, are two that were in the NFC, not even listed there, Kamara and CMC. Najee Harris has the ability to not just be a running between the tackles, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, 30 carries for 180 yards type of game, just ground and pound, cloud of dust football. He's also got the potential to, oh, it's not getting done on the ground today. I can't find any running room. I'm going to drop six catches for 95 yards through the air on you now. And just... Like Le'Veon so many years ago, get me out in some space, and I promise you, promise you that the first guy who comes towards me is going to miss that tackle. We saw it all year last year. So I think Najee has that element to his game that a Henry or a Taylor do not. Mm -hmm. And I'm not taking anything away from Henry or Taylor. Henry's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. I think I'm pretty confident as long as he stays healthy saying that. Taylor's on a really good trajectory for his career as well right now. Sure. But they're different kind of styles of running back. And in today's modern NFL, I want the Kamara. I want the Harris. Yeah, right. I want the McCaffrey. Because I want the, the league passing is so game. pass yeah. heavy that you want another option. And that's what Najee Harris can do for you. I mean, let's not forget, Najee Harris, for his career, had his first 100-yard receiving game well before he had his first 100-yard rushing game. Now, that obviously didn't help having the offensive line in front of that's him. That's probably what really hurt the most, yeah. I'm sure if you had, based off... The the anticipation or the expectations for the 2022 Steelers offensive line, if he had that offensive line last year, 
it's very possible he would have run for 100 yards a lot earlier in the season than he did for the first time in reality. However, I completely agree with you, Tom, that you need a guy who can be a dual threat for you. Not, ju- I mean, obviously, any any team in the league would take a guy like Henry yes. and Taylor, but that's just two guys. You're not going to get every single running back with that kind of running caliber in the NFL if, if they're only capable of doing that and not having any real ef- effect on the passing game. So... If I had to choose, if I ha- because I have Najee Harris, we're allowed to have this conversation. If I wanted to swap Najee Harris for Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry, I probably wouldn't. I don't think I would either. I mean, youth maybe is Derrick Henry. A, youth is a big argument yeah. there. Taylor's young still too, sure. but I mean, and Derrick Henry is just still a beast. But he's getting hit a lot. Yeah, and Taylor's getting hit a lot. Derrick Henry. Just Not had to his be fr- fair, Najee Harris got hit a lot right. his but rookie year, and that's Derrick one thing Henry that they need to his, fix. Derrick Henry had his first uh, season-ending injury. That, for his career. Well, can you really call it a season-ending injury, though, when he came no. back and played in the playoff You're game? Right. Wasn't as effective in that playoff game, though, as the usual no. Derrick Henry that we're used to. But, yeah, he's. I think he's still the king. I think he's still number one. But I think a time is coming yeah. in the next year, two years, where you're a fan of this, the old fantasy drafts, consensus number one might be Najee Harris sooner rather than later. This year, I'm in three NFL. I'm in three fantasy football drafts. I know you don't like to do that. I know you do like the weekly the fantasy stuff, daily stuff. All three of my leagues, Tom, I did not pass on Najee Harris. I had like the back end. I was like eight of twelve or ten of twelve in that range for all three leagues. I said I cannot allow. And you're talking I cannot, about I cannot take a risk on someone else and say I'm going to pass on Najee. And Harris. And you're talking about last year, right? You're I'm talking, talking about, about 2021. Season. Rookie season, I I had the expectation that he was going to do well, and guess what, Tom? He finishes like the number three running back for the season. Well, yeah, it's the pass catching aspect of it that really helps with that too. Especially if you're in a a PPR league where every catch he get makes is going to get you some points too. He had 307 rushes, he had 74 catches last year. I mean, 381 total touches is an absurd amount for a rookie. It was the most total touches for anybody in the NFL. Uh, to get to 1,200 yards rushing on the ground, what an amazing achievement that was for him. Did not have an adversary to the end zone either. Found that seven times on the ground, three more times did he find it through the air. So that's 10 total touchdowns for a rookie season. Everything is above and beyond as far as a rookie season is concerned. I mean, I remember when we did the offseason podcast before Najee made his debut for the Steelers. We were hanging our hat on, this guy can get to 1,500 total yards. This guy can get to 15 total yards of offense. Well, he was only 300 yards shy of getting to 1,500 yards just on the ground alone. And when you throw in that 467 that he had uh, through the air as well, it's over 1,600 yards of total offense coming from your rookie running back. So (laughs) I think we set the bar pretty high last year with 1,500 total yards, Mm -hmm. and he exceeded it. So where do you set the bar now going into 2022? Do you go as high as 2,000? 2,000? That's what I say. <laughs> I think it's Do possible. Do you go as high as that number? I think it's attainable. Well, I think the rushing yardage, it's going to be hard to get more than 1,200. That's a pretty good amount of rushing because, A, I hope to God he doesn't get as much as 307 rushes this next season <laughs> because to well, get to 1,200, he only averaged 3.9 per carry. You need to carry the ball a whole hell of a lot to get to 1,200 if you're only averaging 3.9. Well, here's the difference, Tom. If that average increases, you could see that carried total decrease, right? If the offensive line is improved and he's able to run for longer, you're not seeing him 
run the ball as often because he's carrying the ball maybe instead of for four yards per carry, maybe it's five and a half yards per carry. So they don't need to give him the ball as much as they do because he's being more efficient because of the better offensive line. So maybe he that twelve hundred isn't that hard to attain. No, I think that's the, I think that that's probably where he would equal. Like I'm saying, it's probably hard to go much higher than that if you're Najee. Although who's to say he can't? Because again, we set the bar high last year and he passed it. So who's to say he can't pass another high bar this year? But to get to two thousand total yardage, I, I, I mean, you would have to think that he'd have to see at least a couple hundred yards extra in the pat in the rushing game. But I think the receiving game is where he'd really have to do most of his damage. He had 467 uh, yards through the air last year. Do you think he can get 250 more and maybe an extra 100 more on the ground? And there you go. There's your 2,000 yards total on the season. Yeah. I, I think it's possible. I think through the air might be more likely, although the quarterback situation is worse than it was last year. So are you going to see many opportunities with Najee catching the ball out of the backfield? I argue yes, because that's just a really good safety valve for a quarterback like Mitch or mm-hmm. for a quarterback like Mason. So when things break down down the field, I I know I got my number 22 in sure. the flat that I can hit. So 74 catches, I wouldn't be surprised. Here's one that I'll definitely set for you, and I think he'll get it. Okay. I bet he has 100 catches next year. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I bet think. he gets 25 more than he well, did last year. That's tough to do as a running back. So I here's, get it. Here's the reason I pause is because Ben Okay, okay you ben pause. Was, Give me 90 then. You think 90 for sure? I think 90s. I mean, it's only 15 a 10 more, catch difference. 15 but, more. So the reason why I hesitate is because Ben was, you know, very favorable to the checkdowns, very favorable to the short to medium length passes, right? Yeah, well, he was Which just a where smart quarterback, was. yeah. Mitch Trubisky could, with his youth and his strength, be – thinking to himself, I could pass the ball down the field. I don't need to go to my check down guy as often as Ben did it last year. So maybe that number goes down a little bit just because of Trubisky's ability to air the ball out compared to Ben's ability last year. Yeah, I agree with that. Ben was just such a smart quarterback, though, so he knew exactly when he needed to hit that check down, when things were breaking down, and when to push the ball down the field. I wonder if Mitch Trubisky might feel this sense to prove himself this year and sense to show that I can do it as a quarterback, that we might get some more forced balls downfield because in his mind, he's like, well, three yards to Najee Harris is not good enough to make people think that I'm the next great quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I need to bomb it to Chase. Get excuse me, get a nice forty yard home run ball in here and then that will, you know, wake people up to that I can do this. So hopefully you see some discipline from Mitch. And some some solid decision making for him, but man, I, I I think Najee has the potential to be an absolute beast. I, I think we're looking at potential offensive player of the year. Maybe not this coming season. I don't know. But in Tom, years to come, because well, he's just so important to the offense that that carries weight automatically. People will be like, well, who's the offensive player of the year? I don't know if the Steelers have an offense without number twenty two. So he seems to be the player of the year to me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think it is very. I think it's very likely. I mean, we were talking about him as the second fiddle or the, or the second place finisher for offensive rookie of the year last year, just behind Jamar Chase. Now Jamar Chase has another great season. It's very possible, and his sophomore year that he could be in the running for offensive player of the year. But I I do think there's a legitimate chance. I think when you're a rookie, right, there's it, it kind of hinders you from winning one of those like and obviously I don't think an MVP has ever been given to a rookie. But even Depoy and offensive player of the year, 
you don't really see them give in to the rookies. You just see whoever's the best rookie on offensive defense win that, and then they'll give the veteran who had the maybe not the better season, but just a, a great offensive defensive year, the actual O-Poy or D-Poy award. But now that Najee's in his sophomore season, there's not that rookie kind of uh, name attached to him. I think it's very possible that he wins the the Opoy this year. Uh, I think he's definitely going to be a candidate. For sure. And I would at, not, at least a finalist. I would not I be surprised if he's one of the betting favorites once that starts to come out yeah, as the season starts. Let's hope, you know, God willing, that nothing interferes with that. And I, I believe if, if he stays healthy enough, if he plays 15 games this year, that he should absolutely be capable of, of being at least a finalist. Well, that's just the thing. You've got to hope that he stays healthy. And I also worry that he doesn't have enough behind him to keep him healthy. And we've talked about that ad nauseum, so I'm not going to do much of it here uh, at great length. But, you know, if you don't get someone in here that can be a serviceable backup, that can take some of the workload off of his plate, you might not see it affect him early in the season. He's an absolute stud. You might not see it affect him, you know, week 13, 14. But come the final stretch of the season, the last couple weeks, if you do make the playoffs that wild card round, you just don't want the tread on that tire to be completely worn down. You want him to have something that he can tap into to get him back into that week one type of form because he's been kept fresh-ish throughout the season. So, uh, again, I just think it's massively important that they bring in somebody better than Benny Snell, better than Tony Mack, to at least carry some of this workload. Not much of it, but just some of it from Najee. I think that's hugely key. Absolutely, and your guy, the one you've been looking at and eyeing at, David Johnson in Houston, still available, but I wouldn't be shocked if they wait until after the draft, they being the Steelers, to kind of make that move, if they make it at all. I would not be surprised either. They're going to. I don't think they're going to make any big free agent until, until after, after the draft. The draft. Yeah, now. I think that's. I think that's pretty much where the focus. Colbert and Tomlin are going around the country looking at pro days. Like their focus is shifted now on the draft class. I think sure. That's, that's, I think most teams have done that now that we're really in crunch time. We're only three weeks out. Now is the next potential star on this offense because Najee's already a star. I think, and the sky's the limit. Is the next guy that potentially could be a star to you? Is it one of the two wide receivers in Claypool and Johnson, or is it Fryermuth tight end? I think it's Fryermuth the tight end. I don't know if he'll be a star this hmm. year. Tight ends can sometimes be a little bit of a late bloomer in the NFL, maybe three or four years in. I mean, look at Kelsey. Kelsey wasn't a stud until right. a couple years in. I mean, we all know Kittle that. Kittle wasn't a stud until a couple years in. We all know that in. photo of George Kittle. When At he's Iowa, in. right. Yeah, like, he's completely different looking person. They are a late bloom type of position. I don't remember how long it took Gronk to really come onto the scene. He well, was remember, a rookie. he wasn't even the number one when he started. Right. Because of Aaron but he was, a, he was a rookie. They both were rookies. They were both rookies that one season where they lost to Eli the the second time in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But by it, the next time they got there, Hernandez he was, already was, a, Hernandez Hernandez was, was in jail. And he was already I think he was not deceased. in jail yet. Oh, I think deceased, yeah. Wow. But Darkness. Gronk was the guy. And not just the guy on that team, but the guy around the league. The he guy was tied in number yeah. one. And that was only three years later. So I think it was a really good start for Fryermuth, though. Like, as sure, far absolutely. As, you know, it, it didn't look like he was a... To use a, a bad example here, like a baby giraffe learning how to walk out there, which sometimes tight ends, I think, can look like when they get to the NFL mm-hmm. level. He looked comfortable. And the thing that was the most worrisome for people was his blocking ability. I think he did okay there. But other guys like Gentry and Raider showed up as being better pass blockers to kind of help the team anyway in that aspect. 
And then the thing that was his, you know, the book out on, on Frymuth before leaving Penn State and coming to the Steelers was the playmaker. Dude's got hands, mm-hmm. man. He scores touchdowns. The he never Cleveland drops game, the ball in the red zone. Right? The Cleveland yeah. game in Cleveland, he had the game winning or the go ahead touchdown. It was in a phenomenal display of balance. On fourth and... down, Tom. I couldn't believe it. And then also, too, what I like to point to for Frymuth's rookie season is the Minnesota game. He didn't make the catch, but you know what he didn't do? He didn't go to Twitch like Chase Claypool did or didn't go to Twitter like Juju likes to do. You remember the couple of games Juju's rookie season when he fumbled against New Orleans? Oh, man, he fumbled a couple games. He, he fumbled yeah. a couple games, but that, I remember the New Orleans game the most. That the one most. really cost the playoffs, yeah. That one did cost him the playoffs. He goes to Twitter and apologizes. Frywood just puts his head down. He he answers the questions in the postgame press conferences. And then he just gets back to work. He doesn't worry about going on social media and making the right statement. He just says what he needs to say in person to the press when addressed, not unprovoked, and then gets back to practice. And then guess what, Tom? He has a the rest of this rookie season, he's not dropping balls at all. No, and I think the thing about that example, too, is it's not like with the Juju thing, everybody knew, like, oh, man, you fumbled. Like, that was a big play that cost us a game. I mean, that obviously didn't cost us the game. I can think of two plays off the top of my head that also cost him. The stupid Joe Hayden pass interference right. call in the end zone that worst, was not pass the interference. The worst pass interference And Mike goal. Tomlin deciding to go for a fake punt right. late in the game. I mean, there's more than just one thing that always affects a football team losing a game. But that was pretty significant, dropping that ball and fumbling that football. No one was really blaming Fryermuth though in that moment. Everybody no, was kind of like, ah, damn, good play by Harrison Smith, or that's a tight window for Ben to have to ben try threw to fit a great that ball. In. Yeah, but Fryermuth was kind of the one that came out and was oh, like, absolutely. no, he was like, I don't accept that explanation. For Harrison Smith is a great player, but I'm a great player too. And just because he made a play, that doesn't make me think, oh, all pro safety makes a play. I, I should just, you know take my rookie lumps while I can get it and try to be better next year. No, like, I need to make that play over Harrison Smith. I believe in myself that I can make that play. So mindset's in the right place, skill set's in the right place. Now it's all just about the development of Fryermuth. And not having a Hall of Fame quarterback who loves his tight ends is certainly going to be a bit of an adjustment this coming season. But on the other side of that coin, too, I think tight ends are a absolute um, life force, life vessel for young quarterbacks, quarterbacks that mm-hmm. are in a play-action kind of pass offense that I think the Steelers will be utilizing a lot this year. The tight end can be an absolute stud in those kind of offenses, and and really a, a safety blanket, I think, is a better term to use for whether it's Mitch, whether it's Mason, mm-hmm. taking snaps under center for the Steelers next year. So I think he's got star potential, and I think sure. he's on the right path to realize that. It's just not at the accelerated point that Anaji is right now. He's not a household name yet. I think, too, it, Najee is on a faster trajectory than Claypool, uh, Deontay, and Frymouth will all be just because that's how that's the dynamics of a receiver, a pass catcher versus a running back. A running back doesn't necessarily need the quarterback in order to become the star. You need some qualified kind of quarterback if you're a pass catcher to get you the ball. Now, there are certain exceptions that you can be this all-pro kind of A-B-like guy. But even with A-B, when it was Landry Jones throwing him the ball, we saw the frustration. You couldn't, even though A-B was A-B, you you still weren't getting the full A-B effect because of the guy throwing the ball. So I think, too, until you have the guy, it may just take a little longer for for Frymuth or Claypool or Deontay to really reach that superstar level. 
Well, we have a couple minutes here to wrap up this episode. Speaking of the guy, Mitch or Mason, which one do you think you're leaning towards is going to be the starter? Because I think it's going to be Mitch, but I think there is going to be a position battle. And I don't know if we've ever realistically, or if we've ever really laid this out there, but realistically, is there a potential for Mitch to become a bit of a star? Or is this just a total get by the next couple of years, he's a serviceable quarterback, and that's nothing more than you're going to get out of him. Well, if somehow, someway, it's so tough. It's it's really tough being in the AFC, being in the AFC North, when you're playing against, you're playing twice a year, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. That's that's just three guys. Look to the, look to the rest of the conference. And you're playing a second-place schedule this year, so you're playing mostly good teams from last year. It's going to be tough. I don't want to... Like, I, I would say if it wasn't so stacked AFC over NFC, I could say, you know, if if in these, like, next two or three years before the Steelers make their move on their on their next guy, if Mitch takes him to the playoffs in two out of three years, maybe three out of three years, he's not a superstar, but he's clearly someone who can lead a team, and that puts him in like the top half of quarterbacks in the NFL for sure and quarterbacks just by nature are have this limelight shined upon them more so than any position so if that were to be the case then you could say Mitch is a star but not a superstar I will say that I think the Steelers do get a little schedule luck I I was just saying oh they finished second place so they're going to have to play some tough teams but like that means they get the Raiders in the West they second in the West last year that's probably the team you want, right? If you had well, to pick one of the four in the West. If you're the Steelers, you Okay, yeah, you good point. Your, no. <laughs> but re, if, for, for, forget about all that, you know, yeah. juju stuff off off the field where they're the, the bogey team or whatever. Like, that's the team. If you had to pick one of the four teams in the West to play, they're the yeah, team That's the you one want. you want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they have to play all of the East this year, so... Bills and Dolphins will be a tough test, and the Patriots are always tough, but... But you get the Jets. At least you get the Jets, and then... I'm blanking on who finished second in the set. It was the Colts, it was correct? The Colts. So Matt Ryan. That's kind of toughish, yeah. but I mean, obviously, you'd rather have the Texans or the Jags, but I think you'd rather have the Colts and the Titans, right? right. Although maybe I don't know about that. Well, now. they've they've beaten the Titans. Yeah, the they last actually kind of have years. their number a little bit. Yeah. So maybe you would rather have the Titans, but all, all in all, I think it could be a lot worse. And then, but your the, point at the beginning, your own division, the guys you have to play twice. That's all three be of them are really test, good teams. For sure. Yeah. And then you look at the NFC side of things. You have the South, right? So, so have, that's the perfect division to get. That's the one other you than want. Tampa. Tom. You could be you sh- three out of four you should, should be, be able to go three and four. And then I forget the 18th game or the 17th. The Eagles. Game. The Eagles. They play the the cross You're right. state rival. It's in it's in Philly though. That's tough. It's always tough. To, Philly always seems to give Pittsburgh trouble too mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. So yeah, that's tough. But again, you know, good draws. The AFC West team is concerned. Really good draw as far as the NFC conference or the NFC division is concerned, and could be a lot worse for that extra team. I mean, could have been the Cowboys, you know what I mean? Right. Could have been the, the the Commanders, which I think is better than the Eagles right now. So, could have been a lot worse for the Steelers schedule wise. But yeah, I think I think to kind of put a bow on what we were saying, like Mitch kind of showed some star potential back in Chicago. It's number two overall pick, obviously. Uh, had a really good season for one season when he won 11 football games for them and got them to an NFC North Division crown. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't see him really becoming transcendent into no. I am the next guy no. for the next five, six, seven I'll years. I'll tell you this. Though. He could have a solid enough season to get him to the playoffs, but it would be on the back of guys like Najee and short passes that go for long gains. 
that's the upside of Mitch being this potential playoff leader, but not necessarily the guy. That's the upside. The downside, I'll be very concerned. We we expect Mitch to be the starter, but at least for there to be a competition. There's going to be a competition, yeah. I'll be very concerned if somehow Mason wins that competition. Because then it's like, what the heck, Mitch? Like, right. what what did you show in training camp? The Steelers know, the Steelers fans know what they have in, in Mason Rudolph. And if somehow Mason beats out Mitch Trubisky, then that deal was all for naught. It was all for naught. And do you have any hope that Mitch will ever play in right. a football game then at that point? I would think that If you lose not. to Mason Rudolph and you were a number two overall pick, that should be the sign that. Sign that you're a backup now yep. for the remainder of your career. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Going to switch over to the defensive side of the ball. A lot of stars on that side that we can sink our teeth into, so tune in to that for uh, the defensive perspective. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opperman. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen, and we'll talk to you on our next episode of the Steelers Standard.